Hey everybody, it's Eric Balance coming to you with the Resilient Minds Podcast, where I feature beautiful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and experts in their field, where they help us discover their X factor, their experience of life, only to discover how they were able to accomplish and find out their why factor, their big why, their purpose in life. So join me as we get to discover the beauty of our minds and how can we really continue to go after the biggest and most wildest dreams while we continue to pursue and manifest our greatest intelligence that comes from the heart. See you on the show. Welcome everybody to the Resilient Minds podcast. Uh, today's episode is a really special one for, for me personally, but also for all of us. Uh, Today, you know, we have Satyan Raja, and uh, am I pronouncing the last name correctly? I'm always kind of uncertain, so I just wanted to. It is. You you did really well with that, Satyan Raja. Very well. Beautiful. So, for those of you that don't know who Satyan is, Satyan is the founder and CEO of a beautiful multi-million-dollar transformational academy called Warrior Sage, and this impact that has been cultivated over the last forty years has streamed to over 100,000 students across 50 countries across the world. So after 40 years of like rigorous study and practice in really building this enlightened approach towards conscious business and developing uh, privately with CEOs, high impact individuals, executive teams, Satyan has allowed this mastery to translate into both the financial and public world. But now, for anybody that really wants in that world to capture a deeper balance of illuminating their self-realization of peak existence in the physical form, this is a really special way of cultivating this. And this living, uh, expression that Satyan has cultivated from Eastern and Western practicality combines the power of what Satyan defines as the warrior and the sage coming together as the warrior sage, which illuminates leaders' highest awareness and knowledge, their expression, and allows their eliteness of their expression to be integrated into the fullness of vibrancy of passionate intimacy connection significance and transcendence so if you're ready today i'm really grateful to allow you to really hear from this genuine man this this heart-centered uh i would call it like like you mentioned it before like a grandfather sage where really coming from this heartfelt transformative approach and this untapped potential to allow to illuminate a path of possibility for so many more. So with that, brother, I just want to say thank you. I needed to explain all that because it's so important what you do and how you show up. And, you know, I I could talk about it for hours and it's more important that everybody hears from you. So thank you for being here. Thank you for such a kind and generous introduction, Aaron. Thank you. So, Satyan, the, the number one thing that I always ask, and I'm always cu- most curious about, is our experience contributes to our why. 
And how did it start? Where was it? What was the what was the the, the moment where you decided that there was a curiosity enough inside you to really be courageous enough to step through? So where let's take you back to you know the beginning and uh getting that curiosity of anybody that has yet to meet you and have the pleasure of, of knowing you why what was that experience that allowed you to step into that deeper perspective well <clears throat> when i was young and when i was a young lad i would ask my parents or devout hindus who do their Hindu prayers every morning in a very devout, silent way without any fanfare or desire for attention. They would do their sacred puja, is what we call it, mm -hmm. Hinduism. And I would ask them questions. Why are you turning? Why are you rotating the candle this way and not this way? I would ask certain questions and they didn't really have an answer. They said, son, we're just following the rituals that we have learned you know, from our upbringing and our culture, we really don't know the deeper meaning. And that frustrated me. I said, well, how can you go ahead and do some type of prayer and ritual if you don't understand its meanings? And so I, I posed that to my parents as a youngster. And my dad said, you know, son, if you really want to know about God and death, we're not experts. We're just devout followers. Go ask all the, go on a quest. Go ask rabbis, priests, mullahs. Go ask wise people, professors, teachers, people who are devout from all different uh, religions and philosophies, and go even ask atheists. <laughs> My dad said, you have to go and reach out and find your own path to truth, your own path to God. Now, I was a little frustrated back then because I wanted my parents to have the answers. But now I realize what a blessing it was that they didn't indoctrinate me in one path that they gave me the keys to find, to open, and to walk the path of my own inner spiritual quest. So that's what started when I was about 10. That led me into martial arts. That led me into many different forms of healing modalities. And that has been my path now for 45 years. I've been on the path of studying the path of the warrior. And for me, the path of the warrior is the path of the spiritual warrior. By warrior, it's the part within us that never says die, that is grounded in courageousness, that is grounded in vision and deeper purpose, that is grounded in service to the greater good. Actual, the hands of the divine within ourselves is the warrior, I would say. And the sage is that which is our inherent wisdom, our own soul's inherent tap in to source. To me, the sage, is the ego-less aspect of our being that's connected to spirit, that's connected to the feeling of symbiotic relationship with others in all of existence. The sage is that which knows that we are one and part of one beautiful unified existence and unity. And so when we have the warrior and the we have the power and the strength of the warrior, we bring in and evoke the wisdom and the depth and the lightness of being of the sage, then it becomes what I would say one of the ultimate cultivations of being to develop as a leader, as a business leader, as a person of influence and impact. So that's been my 
walk now for decades. And I've been blessed to share this with, as you, as you expressed, you know, hundreds of thousands of students across the world over the years. And what I've come to recognize is the warrior and the sages within all of us, from children to teenagers, to adults, to elders, we all have that within ourselves. And that, the warrior sage way of being is being called upon us right now in this pivotal moment in history. Hmm. May, when you said ultimate cultivation, the one of the ultimate cultivations, and even during this time of ultimately cultivating this awareness of this grounded wisdom, uh, what could somebody, especially in this time when it's being called on, what, what could somebody start to do in their own exp experience of life to really navigate that curiosity that they may have, but are like you kind of uncertain of what the, or when you started, sorry, uh, they were uncertain of that, what that path would look like. Well, one of the first things to do is look within ourselves and see what have we been avoiding, denying, what wants to happen in our lives that we're repressing, setting aside, selling out for, for some lower value, for some temporary relief symptoms, for security. We've probably made compromises to ourselves, to our own souls. We've probably made compromises because of our ego's fragility to remain intact and stay the same and not change and not evolve deeper. The ego doesn't want to uh, evolve. It wants to keep the status quo because it desires safety, security, and inclusion and acceptance from others, from the tribe. So by looking and feeling for what is the life that I meant to live? Who am I? asking these perennial deep questions, not in a superficial way. Who am I? What am I? Who am I and what am I? And what is my life to be? And, and what is the life I meant to live if I didn't have the impressions of my father figure, my mother figure, society, unconsciously pulling the strings of acceptance? Yes, you can do that. You can't do that. That's the path of success because that's been carved by other people. But we are very unique, profoundly individual beings. We all have our path, our unique path on the planet. So the first step is getting recognition of that, coming clean with ourselves, that we have made compromises. We are tolerating a life that we're not meant to live fully. We're tolerating things in our life, in our behaviors, in our decisions, in our environment in our path that we have sold out on. And we got to get clear and real with that and feel the repercussions. What's it cost us in our life to have compromised our integrity, not taking our deepest path, not living the path of freedom and love and truth that we know already within our being. That has a serious, dire consequence on health, success, family dynamics, human dynamics. Get real with that first. Get honest that we have fallen off the path, many of us, our own unique path, and we were walking down the path of someone else's 
um, imprint of success. Once you get clear on that, and you say, I'm no longer, then you got to go, are you willing to tolerate this any longer? And if you are, you're not ready for change. You're not ready for transformation. But if you're not willing and you go, my goodness, I've self-sacrificed my own path, my own truth for some lower values, success, money, security, comfort. Once you've done that, then you got to make the next decision. I will no longer tolerate this smallness, this contracture, this selling out of my soul's calling. When you do that, that you're not willing to do that anymore, the universe will come to our aid. It comes powerfully to our aid. It shows us portents. It gives us teachers, guides, books, insights. It shows us miracles right in front of us that we weren't able to see before because we sold ourselves out. Now when the blinders come up, come off, the path starts to reveal itself. But it does take that initial courage to get real with where you've been unreal and to no longer tolerate what you have been tolerating. We get what we tolerate. This is such an important resonance. And like, if, if, if more people were aware that they actually have the choice, right? Uh, that they have the choice, they would probably step into a lot of more that leadership role that you get to work with. So I'm curious, a lot of these leaders, these high impact leaders, right? How are they approaching, you know, these CEOs, these high impact leaders, these really Im impactful individuals that you've had the blessing of spending time with? What is their approach so that, you know, if anybody's listening, they can kind of, you know, mash and mirror, or at least take some takeaways from this expression, because it gives people now that opportunity, especially because you're, you know, you're really able to, to, to navigate those fields. So I, I would love to know a little bit more about that so that, you know, anybody, it supports anybody that's, that's paying attention. So let me share with you an arc of journey that I believe we're all on in some way. As leaders, we tend to be accelerated on this arc, this journey, this hero's journey. Um, Joseph Campbell talked about the hero's journey. And in a way, I believe that when we come into life, we all have our hero's journey, heroine's journey, whether we realize it or not. When we embrace, we are actually are on one. Again, the doors open. When we deny that we're on the hero's journey, heroine's journey of, 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 and I'll share what that is, then what happens is we succumb to the status quo and stay in a box of what we're meant to do and how we're meant to do it. So the path of leadership usually is like this. It goes from the comfort of the ego, the constraints and the limitations of ego the feeling of smallness or aggrandizement. I am much bigger than I am, or I'm much more meek than I actually am, right? It's playing, if you're either one of these, aggrandizing yourself through ego or subjecting yourself to excessive meekness, which is a hidden form of ego, it's still wanting attention. But then when you recognize I'm no longer gonna do that, we then go from the path of ego, 
which is usually about self-fulfillment, temporary, illusionary, uh, flash-in-the-pen experiences, which don't really have deep, lasting fulfillment. When we're sick and tired of that and our soul is yearning for more, then we move towards the path of mastery, self-mastery. Go from ego to self-mastery. And self-mastery is to recognize, hey, I have a body, physical. I have my mind, very powerful tool, profound tool. My body is a profound tool. My emotions, profound aspect of my mechanism. My body, my body sensations. So the path of mastery is mastering the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual ways of being and disciplines to live a life of mastery. We never attain to become one. We live a path of mastery. And that means, how can I take any of my cultivations, who I am, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and keep ramping them up, purifying them, develop them, cultivate them, so that they're at a level of mastery, high potency, high effectiveness. And that eventually blooms into the highest expression of peak performance. So we go from ego, mastery, to peak performance. And peak performance is being able to perform in our organizations, our companies, in our leadership, in impeccable and powerful ways. We become uh, practitioners and wielders of influence when we've cultivated peak performance. Why? We've pushed ourselves. We've stretched ourselves. We've challenged ourselves beyond our previous limitations of physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And when we continue to challenge and open ourselves, we become more masterful of our own internal world. When we become more masterful of our own internal world, body, mind, and spirit, like a mirror, this transmission goes out and the world transmits back to us mastery, peak performance. We meet those of like mind, like kind businesses come to us, higher levels of transactions, more fluidity in the field happens, and we get invigorated by that performance energetic. But that has a limitation after a while. The leaders I've worked with and I do work with are masters already of peak performance. They know how to perform well. They know how to feel themselves physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. They've worked on peak performance perhaps for decades. They could be mentors, guides, and other realms of peak performance, mastery, and such. But there becomes diminishing returns after a while. Mm. No longer is pushing for more performance have the same call and fulfillment and soul-level fulfillment as, as it used to. This is a sacred phase of life. This is spirit within ourselves going, you are now ready to go from peak performance to peak existence. And peak existence is having a life worth living, a life that is aligned with the Tao, with the beauty of life. It's a life where we go from egoic power, love, freedom, flow, and wisdom, to transcendent power, love, freedom, flow, and wisdom. Peak existence is crafting and cultivating a life of equilibrium where our faith and connection with self, with spirit, is strong and vital 
you hear and listen to spirit within that connection. Faith. Peak existence is having our family dynamics healthy and wholesome. So we're not only em creating empires in business, we're nurturing the castle of our own home, our spouses, our lovers, our children, our relatives, the greater human families, our whole family. Peak existence is cultivating not only faith and family, but finances, having wisdom with our finances in our earning, in our saving, in our spending, in our investing. So it's aligned with peak existence, not just temporary egoic check marks that may have fulfillment or happiness for a couple of days. And we go back to the need for more faith, family, finance, fitness. And then the last aspect the way I look at peak existence is fun, joy, not just goal-oriented, mission, vision-oriented, which are powerful in the realms of peak performance, but having the joy and fun and pleasure to enjoy the path along the way. So to me, this is the journey from ego to mastery, which culminates in peak performance which then opens the doors and ready to graduate us into the next echelon of inner uh, development, which is peak existence. And so this is the invitation on the table for all of us. And this invitation, uh, I'm curious to know for those that heard, when Satyan says, hear and listen to spirit, what would you say? That means for some people's spirit, they might define it as God. Some might define it as the intelligence of the cosmos. Some might experience spirit in a personal form. If we have a personal relationship with the higher divine, if you will, um, depending on our culture, our society, our bringing, we might have that personal relationship. Some of us have a relationship like with spirit, like as you would see in Star Wars, where it's like a benevolent force that we can tap into to, to gain insight and wisdom and connectivity and power aligned and with and through and as the universe, not separate from it. So for me, listening to spirit is listening to the inherent soul's voice the heart's voice which is not through words it comes through two ways through either discomfort within our inner self or deeper comfort within ourselves when we're listening to spirit we'll be able to listen and tune in is this comfortable to my soul and being and if it's not it's a no Spirit doesn't say no. It just gives us the indicator of discomfort. Connecting to spirit then can give us an opening and feeling and a listening and a bodily intuitiveness to that does feel comfortable. That's a yes. That's something to move towards. This is the way to cultivate that connection um, to faith. This is uh, something that I am very uh, confident when I was younger, I, I could never understand the feeling. And 
I, for so long, was conditioned by the external world to not believe in those feelings. And I believe that that's a, it's a huge societal, like, it's a societal, uh, like, patriarchal mechanism, in, in, wounded patriarchal mechanism, from my perspective. And I think that there's a lot there that intuitively we don't trust. As, yes. as human yes the reason we don't trust it please go ahead the reason no we don't no 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 please 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 the reason we don't trust it is because we haven't been taught that that inner voice is valued in fact as you shared that part has been cut off in our solar plexus yeah. we've been worshiping only intellect the mind outside external forms of validation of success whether that be lambos or hot men or hot women or whatever the social media popularizations of success are all of those are based on cutting off our connection to faith and this inner knowingness and the inner navigation that we have already been born with why is that so because if you're not, if that is cut off by society, right from when we're educated, right from young, we're taught not to trust that. You're foolish. You're silly. We're taught, don't listen to your intuition. The way of knowledge, the way of education, the, all valid and powerful, but only taking into account the upper sphere of our consciousness, not the whole embodied consciousness of, that we have and the whole embodiment of our way of relating with the world and getting inside and knowing this we're only using one instrument rather than the capacity of the full instruments we have to relate with the world why is that so because if you cut that off and society cuts that off then guess what then you work and you're listening to other people's advice other people's stories you're not listening to your own inner navigation you're listening to the gps commandments orders uh, insinuations and societal expectations. It's designed that way so that we can be cogs in a machine. It's designed that way. Once we recognize that the world is not designed as it currently is, the structures of the world, work, business, are designed to cut that off so that we become a cog in a machine to reduce our humanity to neutralize us in a certain way, to make us more effective automaton-type robots. <laughs> um, but when we reinvigorate and say no, no to that, I'm no longer accepting that. I'm wanting to reconnect with my soul's voice, my inner truth, my own timeless and priceless navigation system within then what starts to happen is we start to let go of the threads of attachment to outside forms of success. And then all of a sudden we know what fulfillment is within and the road becomes simpler, easier, and more powerful. Mm -hmm. We go from becoming, and this happens with all the leaders I work with one after another, they go from being a hardworking mule to a magician. 
That's the path that happens when we turn that on. If not, we're destined to be mules for the rest of our lives. We might be successful by the world standards, most likely overburned out. We might be making good money, might have many other conditions and symptoms that show up from our excessiveness of, of pushing so hard. We might have breakdowns in our family. Passion and intimacy might be declining or dead in a relationship. There could be challenges and troubles in communication in, with family. There could be all types of team dynamic stuff, fires always going on in the companies. Fires, personal fires between individuals. This fire, economic stuff, you name it. All of that just keeps magnifying when we're disconnected from what I've been sharing about. When our soul's navigation is onboarded again properly, and we are dissolving the other superficial navigation systems, and we tune into the true one we have, like literally, there is no stopping. There is nothing that can get in the way of calling in our highest visions and missions. Nothing. We're the ones that are holding it back. And we think it's other things. It's not. It's just the onboarding of our true nature that brings true nature to us. This is something that I don't think even the leaders that may be listening right now know how to take that type of responsibility. And so maybe you can uh, uh, expand on that because especially with the leaders that you're already working with, how are they taking more responsibility inside of their organization to empower yes. the rest yes. of the organization so that they actually can stay into a, into a state of magician uh, because they empower the people to really think for themselves. So maybe going into that deep process would be really valuable as well. What, do you, what are your thoughts on Very good, Eric. So as a leader of a business or an organization, could be your household, could be a small business, could be a multinational global business. As leaders, as executive team leaders, it's imperative that we take our focus and we start saying, what is the degree? What is the quality, the joy, the power, the heart, the freedom, the flow? with the human dynamics in our organization. And to make a decision, I want every leader who's listening to think, when is one of the most transformative, deepest, pivotal moments of your life? Where you really came into being, where you came into your power, you came into your truth, you came into the fullness of, yes, I'm here for me, it was when I entered, the Kung Fu school for the first time as a youngster. My dad drove me there and I went, I am home. I got lit up. I came into this beautiful Kung Fu school um, that I begged my dad to take me to. My dad finally conceded and took me there. And when I went there, there was a beautiful fountain, uh, one of these uh, Asian fountains with running water and very simple studio and the door on the, this said, knock and be seated. It was very formal. I knocked and I was seated. I was waiting with my dad. When the door opened, I felt the power of this profound leader, one of my teachers. 
And within one minute, I knew I was home. I was home in my spirit. This is where I was meant to be. Where is that for you? I'm asking you, Eric. I'm asking all of us. When you can find that moment, you remember that moment for you, Eric, one of those moments when you came in home? For me, it was uh, in Brazil. Uh, it was in the jungle by myself with the waterfall, uh, the, the birds, the rivers, and everything just felt like I was by myself completely, silence. But the silence wasn't so silent <laughs> because it was, it was our creator speaking to me through everything around me. Yes. And I felt home. I finally felt home. And I, I spent six months in that jungle alone, silent, listening, deeply listening. And I found myself. I, I went through a lot of darkness and it really allowed me to, to find everything that I really was looking for. And it gave me so much courage. Beautiful. Thank you. I can feel you dropping into this resonance of home, this openness of being, this expansion of being. Now, my question to all of us, you, me, and all of us leaders and businesses, how would we, would we, how would we feel if we created an organization where the environment called that forth? That the structure, the environment, the culture, the human dynamics was the fostering ground for this experience of wholeness, transformation, oneness, and ease at home. What's that worth to you? For me, it's priceless. So I've installed this type of culture and dynamic my organizations, my multiple organizations that I've founded. I've installed this atmosphere, environment into the companies that I've uh, very humbly get to mentor and guide with their teams, executive teams, all various sizes. And the magic is, is that they now have an organization which fosters the magic, the powerment, and the clarity, and the uh, synergy, the very beautiful synergy, and the highest of human dynamics. When we have that, whatever product or service is there, guess what's going to happen to its offering in the world it's going to magnify it cannot not magnify it because the source of it is who we are in the environment that we're growing out of so my invitation and challenge no matter how lofty it sounds it's actually much easier done than it is said it's usually the other way around people so that's much harder done than than you're saying it my experience is it's actually really simple to effectively create environments in organizations where this depth of coming home and the fostering of these peak uh, existence uh, principles and adopting and if you will living this 
uh, infusing the way of the warrior sage and all of our team. Not only is it a, an idea for the future, it's here now in many, many companies that I've had the blessing to support and install this. They grow exponentially when this happens. The, uh, the rate of people leaving or quitting goes way down. The fulfillment, the loyalty of the teams goes way up and continues to because it's not created by a continuous someone motivating or, or whipping or putting carrots in front of you. It's based on creating an environment where these dynamics live in a way that continues to replenish and reboot and foster everyone into peak existence, peak performance, and transcends the ego. And all I got to say is, Eric, it's for real. And although we might be sounding lofty in certain ways, the case studies in profit, the case studies in how these businesses grow twice, 50%, 10x, many of them, some of these companies have gone from very humble beginnings to uh, multi-billion companies, all based on these same principles. So that's what I have well, to share. The metaphysics actually, of this are real. Yes, and, and that shared purpose that you're uh, illuminating for these organizations, you know, there's, count. by the way, there's, count, like for anybody listening to, please go to warriorsage.com and check out you know, the, the, the beauty of, of so many of these organizations and their CEO sharing, you know, the numbers, right? From, you know, $163 million on a, in a deal, right? Like these are, these are very clear numbers and this is not something that's woo-woo or it, this is something that is literally encompassing organizations and transforming a, a, a purpose so that everybody is feeling fulfilled in cap like encapsulating this type of peak existence and stepping through everywhere they go because they are absolutely certain of who they are and how they need to show up and so this is the transcendent culture that you have uh cultivated through your own experiences to to, to now implement and purposefully help these CEOs and these C-suite executives so that they can empower their teams into this type of philosophy as well. Absolutely. Not empower them just through the philosophy, but the actual integration of the practices, the models, very simple architecture, very simple exercises which break down the silos between teammates. Very simple exercises and cultural practices that allow everyone to support each other's reputation and significance rather than fight to climb the egoic ladder of only going for your own significance and reputation, even at the cost of stepping on other people's heads, which is rampant um, in the corporate cultures. Ego is rampant in the uh, ego and non-humanism, if you will, um, is, is rampant. Uh, is the pandemic in organizations. We've lost our humanity. And those that now, if you look at nowadays, companies who want the best staff, they want the best teammates, 
They have to bring in higher meaning. They have to start thinking this way of the warrior sage to retain, to maintain, and to attract the highest level of players in their organization. The highest level of players will not settle for just more numbers on a paycheck. They will not settle for just more yang energy put into, we want to hire you to knock it out of the park. The new generation and even old generations are waking up to the fact that fulfillment of life and success and having equilibrium and peak life existence is what we truly want nowadays. And it's not antithesis to growing successful businesses. In fact, it's the source and it's the empowerment. It's the furnace to grow not only businesses that are expanding, but are here for the long term, growing in wisdom, empowerment, and reach and impact for years to come. That's the power that's that we're speaking about. Yes. And I'm curious because at that once you're once once these organizations come together, right? Or and they're working like in their own essence, how now do you see the possibility of them now working together for a greater, even even greater shared purpose? I'm curious. Well, our mission at Warrior Sage is enlightening, unifying, and mobilizing leaders and their companies for higher purpose, for the greater good. So part of our work with Warrior Sage, what we install in organizations, is not only the enlightening aspect for the teammates, it's unifying them. How do we release and set aside the lower elements within ourselves that are not congruent, are supportive of each other, our habits, our egos, our behaviors? And how can we allow our strengths, our true clarities, our wisdom, our knowledge, our experience to come forefront and unify with not only those in our own company, but unify. So I create circles where businesses come together, where we share, not only do I mentor and guide them to collectively, they also share their wisdom, their power, their best insights, best practices with other Warrior Sage companies. And what happens is then we all grow together. The lowest tide rises everyone up. All right. So we enlighten, unify, and then we mobilize. I believe we've got the solutions for everything on the planet. We just don't have the enlightenment, the unification, and the mobilization of it. So I also focus on these companies. How can we take our unique wisdoms in ourselves, in our teams, in our organizations, and unify and mobilize with other companies and organizations to make even more of a collective impact and reach? So we've been doing this now for years, and we're reaching hundreds of millions of people, which we were reaching millions, but now we're reaching hundreds and hundreds of millions with enlightening, unifying, and mobilizing with each other for higher purpose. And um, what other way is there to live or to run your company? If there's anything less than that, then this discussion is not for us. For those of us who are courageous and go, no, this is what I would love to have as a leader for my team, for my organization, and you intuit the, you intuit the, the call within you is ready for that level of living, that level of organization, and you want to craft that, 
then you're on the path that is timely for this moment. Anything else is denying and, uh, and you'll probably end up archaic like a dinosaur, like a lot of the other companies are going. The ones and the few that are incorporating and adopting this higher way of being in an organization, they're on the cusp of thriving like nothing else. So beautiful, Satyam. And this is something that if anybody is curious, uh, listening right now, and they want to know how to really not only transcend themselves as a CEO, but then get curious about ways that they can really then have you implement that into their organization, what is the best way that they can connect with you because this is something that if they're ready to step into that level of responsibility, it's only for like the, the, the major, the major people. This is what I just really want. Uh, but if they, if they're ready, how can they connect? What, what can they know and, and where are they ready to, to kind of. The first step, out? the first step is to do an individual and a company assessment. We have a very unique warrior sage assessment where we take a look at yourself on a personal level, on a professional level, as a business leader, as a CEO, as a founder, as an entrepreneur, as a C-suite level leader. It's very good to start off with a personal assessment to find out how on board or unboarded you are with your enlightened power, enlightened heart, enlightened freedom, enlightened flow, and enlightened wisdom. There's a series of questions that we go through for yourself personally, as well as your teams, as well as your overall company. When we go through this assessment with great depth and detail, it uncovers a lot of blind spots. It uncovers patterns that are in the company, in yourself, that are sustaining lower results. You'll get a, how can I say, you'll uncover a lot, you'll get a lot of clarity, there'll be light that's shone on a lot of shadowy parts in yourself and in your organization that does take courage and willingness to look at that. And then what happens is we set up a step-by-step -step process to move through all of that, to transform all of that, and to create extraordinary personal lives as business leaders and extraordinary companies that literally uh, are self-generating and a place of transformation. So start off with an assessment reach out to us at warriorsage.com. You can request that for yourself and your organizations and we'll start you on the process. The first thing is getting clear and coming into reckoning with the truth of where you truly are at from an outside point of view. We as leaders tend to be so immersed in our organizations, we're working in it rather than working from outside of it. Here's an opportunity to get together with myself, one of my other leaders, to have an objective, subjective view from the outside of what's going in so we can retool, refashion, discard what's no longer needed, realign what needs to be done and create new um, structures and environments to uh, really take our organizations to, to whatever dimension and goal and vision we wish to achieve. Satyan, uh, this is a beautiful and connected, meaningful mission that, as you know, is super meaningful to me. 
I'm, it's so aligned and I'm so excited to continue to navigate in our relationship for greater meaning and a shared purpose. Uh, it's, a, it's been a blessing to really connect deeply with you and learn about all of the beautiful things that you've done and are currently doing. And I just really recommend for anybody that's listening to really take the time and get curious, do these assessments, take the time and ask yourself, you know, like, is it your time to step into a greater, more fulfilled self? Because from that space, you'll get curious enough about, well, if I'm, if there's something being shown to me right now and Satyan's here offering it and supporting and ready for you to step into it, my suggestion is just step, you know, because action precedes clarity. And I really believe that. And so as a result of creating action, we walk into the path of true trust and absolute grace. And so brother, last question before we go, because I know we got to run. You know, I should also let everyone know that I have my please. new book set. So those. Oh are the yes, my apologies. Movies. Yes, please. <laughs> The, the new book says, let me pull it out so everyone can see. Yes, sorry about that, Satyan. Which, oh, no. by the way, for everybody, I read these books. They're amazing. And the big book, too, is like, oh, wow. Thank you, bro. Thank you. So um, what I would recommend also to start your journey is my new books that called Transcendent CEO, Transcendent Culture. Transcendent CEO is an oracle. It's a leadership oracle, but in a very unique way. You can open it up and get insight, hold the question, or open up with an inquiry, open it anywhere. And here, we just opened up to the page, world-class leaders, what it takes to be a world-class leader. And uh, the opening talk is about the calling, listening to the calling, which is what you just talked about. So this is um, one for leaders individually, and this is... Transcendent culture is how to create and maintain and sustain a super team, a team that can, you know, uh, attain the loftiest of goals. And both of these are filled with not only knowledge, insight, models, but very pragmatic, practical exercises that you can start today, that you can implement into your teams and your companies to start this path of the warrior sage. Please check it out. These books were incredible and they're so insightful and really just, you have to go out and grab them. Um, Satyan, last question before we go. If you had three days left, what would you do? <laughs> what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I only have this day left. That's the way I look at it. I love it. There's, there's in my book, there's a warrior sage decree, a question, an empowerment question. What must I do today to live, love, and die complete without regret? What must I do today to live, love, and die complete without any regret? So what I'm doing is just that. I'm here with you to share what I've discovered so that it can be of support to businesses because I come from a generations of business and I wanted to support bringing enlightenment into business uh, and truth and love and positivity and synergy into business. And um, so that's been my purpose and mission. This is what I must do to live, love and die complete today. 
You and everyone else listening has yours. Ask yourself that, follow that, and when you do, you're opening the key to your own power, to your own peak existence. I hope, my brother. I hope. Thank you so much, my friend. Is there any final, uh, anything else you want to share before we, we, we wrap up? No, I'm just very grateful for you, the depth and the, the heart in which you bring your questions. And uh, I, I'm very honored with our allyship and our mutual intention in the world. And uh, everyone who's listening, all my love and good energy to you and your families as we're navigating through these unique times in history, we will overcome all barriers and we will actually achieve our own personal and universal peak existence. I know it, but it has to start with us. Oh, so true. Thank you, my brother. Hey everyone, and thank you so much for listening to The Resilient Minds. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please make sure to go comment and like and follow us on iTunes or Spotify. And make sure, please make sure that if you really love this, to share this episode and make sure that you're inviting all your friends to like it as we continue to unfold what the beauty of our minds does. More importantly, how powerful our heart level of intelligence can be when we combine our heart and our brain together. And more importantly, make sure you take the time to take a look at what we're doing at Balanced Media Ventures and how we can actually really support you in doubling your impact, your income, and your influence, and how you can bring your life's greatest vision into your purpose and create it from that level of reality. Talk to you soon.